Coming to you from the long-running music review website, adobeandteardrops.com. Both got hooked on the sweet temptation. Bringing you all of the amazing music that you're missing. I found my piece hidden in the story. My death will hold no need for mourning. From New York to Florida and all around the world, Rachel and Vaughn bring you the Adobe and Teardrops podcast. Both got hooked on the sweet temptation. Some ethical final destination. Hey everybody, it's episode 144 of Adobe and Teardrops. This episode's going to come out on November 6th, but we're recording it on October 28th, which means we could be living in a whole new world by the time everyone's hearing this. I'm here with Mike West, whose music I played a couple episodes ago. He was also a very generous contributor to the Rainbow Rodeo Kickstarter campaign, so as his back reward, he's here co-hosting the podcast with me and he's the first of several so welcome mike how's it going oh cool thank you so much for having me like i'm a big fan of this and obviously what you were doing with rainbow road you are really you know like love and believe in so anything i could do to like back it and get involved with that jumped <laughs> and i'm happy to have you here too uh i feel like i there is like a big sort of country and for lack of a better word americana scene in the uk uh yeah. yeah, it's a it's a really weird one because it doesn't really have its own identity yet. It's still in like kind of its infancy because it had all, you know, the influences from the 50s and then that kind of dwindled into a club scene where it kind of became a parody of itself. And then it was kind of around 2010, 2012 when there's these festivals called Country to Country mm-hmm. show up and that's more mainstream and then loads of things started turning quite poppy which isn't necessarily a bad thing but then it moved away from what that country sound was and now there's another kind of revival based around like folk and the Appalachian sound and Tyler Chills and Coulter Wall and all that type of new thing and Benjamin Todd stuff like that so it's a really interesting kind of in its infancy at the moment so it's a really cool thing to see in the UK that is trying to get a foothold in <laughs> and then Americana music association also has like a specific awards festival in the uk when it's safe to travel yeah so americana like they're kind of you know john lennon disciples for lack of a better word there's really that kind of ethos on that type of songwriting and sound and that's kind of what british or uk americana is is it's heavily influenced by you know those uk songwriters and then with a whole heap of dylan and springsteen thrown in and it's really interesting time for what americana and country is in the uk (laughs) and then on your own website writing about your music and actually when i edit the episode i'm gonna stick a song of yours in so everyone knows what we're talking about (laughs) but on your website you describe yourself as like too hard too edgy for this not enough country for that uh where do you yeah where do you see your sound and your inspirations i've caught i I call myself now a bastard country artist because (laughs) i love country music and i'm heavily influenced by robert johnson and blind willie johnson and howlin wolf and that type of sound but i don't think i could ever do a pure country sound and do it the justice that i think it deserves 
and the same with blues so it's kind of taking that country and like like my absolute favorite records are the johnny cash american recordings so they're like my perfect album so it's kind of distilling that and my love of delta blues and then throwing it through like my rock background and then trying to use my own voice for it because i know i couldn't do any of these genres really justice in their purest forms like as if it was like buck owens or you know robert johnson so i kind of just do it through my own bastardized way
I think that's how a lot of people come to country music, but I think Nashville likes to have this myth that, like, I wrote this in an article about another <laughs> musician uh, recently <laughs> that, like, there's this myth that, like, country music is supposed to be part of, like, your heritage, which, of course, is, like, dog whistling, that you're mm-hmm. white, and that you're from a specific range of places. Um, because yeah. you don't have to be to make it in Nashville. You just have to enjoy the music. And so for you, like, what's your connection to country music or Americana? What was, like, your kind of inroad? So it was, you know, as a metal fan, I remember reading about Robert Johnson as a kid because that influenced a load of metal stuff. So I was listening to a load of Delta Blues. And then I, I was in a metal band, and that fell through. And I was like, I don't have an outlet to create or write or perform. And I picked up an acoustic guitar, and I've been listening to a ton of Chris Christopherson and Cash and just really just loving that sound and that honesty and they're singing about small town small towns working class problems and that's you know what i'm facing here those type of issues are just universal so i was just trying to do my own interpretation of what was around me and we've got a really good like folk heritage in the uk and stuff so it's just kind of drawing on that type of thing and i i can hear that i mean i don't think all of the uh, songs that you picked today are necessarily by British artists, but most of them are, right? It, all of them are? Yeah. I believe. I think in Kings and Queens are Australian-based, but they're UK um, people. I know Richard Glover is, I think. Um, they may be a mix between English and Australian, but I, this is a good representation of the UK scene in all its different forms, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for... Uh, helping spread the word about them. I guess let's just get into it. Uh, Do cool. you have any other big thoughts? Um, no, I'm there? just like, it's just really interesting to see, you know, like you say, the people have to come from a certain background or in this like authenticity, quote unquote, but it's really, if it's three chords and the truth. If you're coming at it from a unique or honest angle, I think anyone can be a country singer. They just need to go at it with a level of sincerity, I think. Mm-hmm. We'll get to Josh Bettis after the artist I picked, but like he almost reminds me of Jason Isbell a little bit, and mm. I guess we'll see what people think. Uh, oh, we'll be in a minute. To hear that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but for my pick for this first uh, little mini set is the Bell Curves. I played their cover of Lavender Country's "Waltzing Will." Speaking of queer country and history and continuity, uh, a couple weeks ago, but it turns out they just came out with an EP called "2020." <laughs> so. <laughs> maybe prophetic, maybe idealistic in the wake of whatever happens on November 3rd, which Mike and I are blissfully unaware of, but (laughs) I wanted to play their utopian song Greener Pastures, and Patreon subscribers, you'll also get to listen to their cover of Waltzing Will again. That's off 2020 by The Bell Curves.
So that was my friend Josh Bettis from his EP One for Sorrow. It's called The Old House and that's one of my favourite songs of his and um, I really think Josh, who's a Welsh artist, is one of the best on the UK scene at the moment and he's got that heritage and style to him but still pushing it forward and, you know, I'm a fan and a friend of this guy so, you know, go check out Josh. <laughs> yeah, there's something very like direct about his songwriting. Mm. Um, that I appreciated and that I think just sonically his voice reminds me a little of Jason as well. Yeah, it's really weird as like a Welsh artist, he has that kind of accent and cadence that you mm. expect from, you know, someone from Wales, but he has that approach that is like, you can tell Isabel is one of his influences and he's really a fan of songwriters. And I think that really shines through in his work. Yeah. You know, before we started recording, you were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Is that like <laughs> sort of like an offshoot of your metal fandom? <laughs> I and feel like, that, yeah. Well, I was playing with Josh Bettis. I've oh. <laughs> left him. <laughs> yeah. So um, he's joined me and my friends for that. And that was kind of an offshoot of like, I tr- like went to get into the zone for it. I played Dio and stuff like that. So it's a lot of uh, power metal influences. But then, you know, there's a lot of um, folk and roots to it because it's all our character backstories are from like the woods and just hippies and things and trying to keep 
you know against like cities and things so it's it's a really interesting one but yeah i've just finished playing dungeons and dragons with josh as well <laughs> <laughs> that's such a weird coincidence <laughs> i feel like there's more overlap that a lot of people realize between like metal and punk and country and also like things like D. &D. yeah like that, it's all it's, there yeah, yeah it's all about like finding your own identity and i think metal especially if you get it young it's like oh my god this is exactly what i'm thinking like lincoln park for me was like every thought in my head and then as you get older it's like you stop not getting necessarily getting world weary but it's like this is more like struggling you know it's like hard times you're just trying to like grind and make it out and then you also have those songs where it's like just an escape mm -hmm. and when you kind of know yourself and know what you're about you like gravitate towards things that you may have wanted to try and you know Dungeons and Dragons was part of like the satanic panic all that stuff in the 80s and then you're trying to you know just find something fun and you find these things and I'd started doing Dungeons and Dragons for ages and I've been friends with Josh for a while and he'd always kind of talked about doing it so I brought him into my little guild and we just kind of went from there and expanded the community a bit but it's it's all about just the community really that's like I think what metal punk and country have is it's a very like community based genres um I was trying to think of a segue into <laughs> next artist <laughs> I couldn't I mean I agree and I think like I'm not I'm sure it's the same in like different cities in the UK but I think like different communities in the US certainly have different sounds and like ways of being so for example uh this next artist Lizzie Weeman um this album is from like 2013 and I really couldn't find much information about Lizzie on the internet so I don't know what pronouns Lizzie uses. What I was going to say about communities is Lizzie's a musician in Austin and I think that uh, it is possible to just make a living as a musician in places like Austin, Texas and New Orleans and not put up an album because you can play bars and just have regular gigs like that. Hmm. Uh, like four or five nights a week or whatever and then like that's that's how you make money as a musician so you don't necessarily need to record work uh your work as much lizzie did just put up a single on spotify sometime this year but uh it's like really poppy it doesn't not really the sound of this show so we're gonna go back to this album from 2013 a place i know you'll love thought it would be good one way or the other to have some mellow music on here uh so we're gonna start out with summer song Patreon subscribers, you'll also listen to Stars. Just right when I'm with 
Yeah.
So up next is Emma Jade. Emma Jade is another English country artist, and I wanted to pick Emma because she has... I think people try and shy away from the word mainstream, but this is a lot more, you know, I think not commercial country but it's a lot more of a stronger style i think especially once you listen to what josh did i think this is really good this is just a really good country song in my opinion that i think has that crossover and it has that reach that can appeal to a lot of people and that's something emma jade does really well is she the person with the uh the album jacket where she's like standing in the western outfit with the guitar or was that um that's sarah, sarah vista, vista. Who's okay later yeah. yeah she's a heavily influenced by like the spaghetti westerns and things yeah yeah, yeah so that's a, a fun preview for everybody <laughs> um and then getting into kind of like a more not quite mainstream country sound but like that kind of idea uh we're gonna take a listen to oklahoma uprising guess where they're from uh these two songs are from the album high sign we're gonna start with the title track high sign and then Patreon subscribers, you will get to listen to Nature of the Beast. Feel like you belong 
deep inside it's in the souls of all mankind when the right words finally break through hope you know just what to do a little echo through the cold night air to a stranger standing there like two semi-sour notes but somehow a perfect chord
and that was Alex Tempest and the Gallowgate Riders with Can't Change Me. Alex is a really interesting person on the UK country scene because you can tell by his sound and his style that he's really heavily influenced by, you know, one of his favorite songwriters or musicians is David Allen Cohen. He loves that kind of honky tonk, you know, scene that is so like American. But with what happens in the UK, it's distilled into his unique point of view, especially being from Newcastle or Gateshead. Specifically, he has that kind of northern identity that really shapes his music and his outlook and his lyrics. And I think it's a really unique perspective on the UK scene to be paying tribute to this legendary American culture that has permeated throughout the world. And then it's been distilled through Alex's, you know, northeastern ways and weird vibes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean because he was using the term hillbilly i thought that maybe he was like some american who had kind of migrated it's, it's weird over. because alex actually you know has his own land and horses and things and he has that kind of background so i think they still use the terms redneck and hillbilly as you know ways that have seeped through over the years and it's a really interesting amalgamation of american and uk culture that i think is a really interesting thing to look at and it's just something that kind of creates something really interesting for the uk scene i don't really have much context for like stereotypes in the uk so is this sort of like a like a kind of farming area it tends to be more conservative yeah, so or something what, um i think there are definitely more like in rural areas there's more conservatives but there is a really you kind of see it like from what my perspective is you kind of see it with like you know nick nick shoulders and willie carlisle who are in like arkansas where it's like mm. country country but they have really like liberal and you know leftist views and kind of songs and that kind of happens over here as well where it's you have these rural areas but it's still i think it may just be a generational thing where the younger generation do have those values a bit more and it's they do try and push that into their music and stand for something which i think is really important and if there's one thing alex does is he definitely stands for something and it's a really interesting thing to see because it's even like here obviously we have a massive conservative majority but the people that we kind of hang around with and the musicians we know all have those liberal equal opportunities community vibes to them yeah, I mean, it kind of just feels like all of this is sort of like the waning power of a certain generation, hopefully. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think I saw an article the other day about how big the youth votes increased over your end Definitely. for mail-in. So that is a good thing, and I'm kind of hoping that that's what happens for the UK as well. There's been a lot of stuff about people wanting to change the voting age from 18 to 16. Mm-hmm which I'm really hoping for because you can join the army at 16 over Mm. here, but you can't vote. So I think that's a really interesting issue that needs to be up for debate. It's like, if you can fight for that country, why can't you vote in that country? Wow, that's 16? That's so young. Mm. (laughs) I mean... So I'm really hoping there's like a cultural shift and we can get those young people engaged. And I think there's a lot happening at the moment that will engage the young Mm -hmm. people. And seeing America's trends, I'm hoping it catches on over here yeah and if we could lower the voting age in the 1960s you guys can for sure (laughs) your cat's making an appearance behind you oh yes that's um alice is behind me and cooper's asleep next to me 
Yeah, Bella's like, pay attention to me. Um, yeah, so we'll get into an ad break. Patreon subscribers, we're just going to keep cruising right along. For the past nine years, Adobe and Teardrops has been proud to present all kinds of voices in Americana and punk. My tagline has been, music like your life depends on it. Before I began the blog, I spent two summers interning at the National Museum of the American Indian and was blown away by the urgency and raw power of contemporary Native American art. The Wild Gallery in Austin, Texas, offers one-of-a-kind original fine art, prints, and posters for literally any budget. What better holiday gift than art with something to say? One of my favorites is Derek Nosum Brown's print, Old School, showing a man in traditional regalia sitting in a classic lowrider. Reminds me of Keith Sakola's song, Indian Cars, which I played a couple weeks ago. Better yet, I can buy it without breaking the bank. Go to www.wild.gallery, that's W-Y-L-D.gallery, and hit the shop button to explore the diverse, meaningful, and gorgeous Native American art they have on offer. That's W-Y-L-D.gallery. All right, so next up, I think when you get a chance to listen to the episode, once it's all put together, Mike, you're really going to like these guys, Wino Strut and Friends. Just like quite a name. Uh, they have like this sort of psychedelic, like gothic blues kind of heavy sound. Um, that is everything I've ever wanted in a sound. Yeah. So I'm so, so excited. I'm sure to that these. some of those guys have metal backgrounds as well, especially because the album is called Bloodsicle. <laughs> uh, I, I picked songs that were kind of like a little less intense on like that kind of imagery, but we're also mm. kind of still a little like off the beaten path so we're going to kick this three song set off with natural home and then of course you can't be like a sort of gothicana band without a song called number 13 we'll just uh hit play and go Watch your house, man, leave it alone. 
Vista's whole thing is just so enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, my next artist, Michael B. Witt, is kind of on that sort of fun side as well. He's like more leaning into that sort of country pop. Uh, but this song is about like a divorce. So <laughs> I would say it's a fun song about a divorce called Not in Kansas. happy 
And just at the end of staring back at me Love is running its course But we still fall short And we both know this isn't where you should be Feels like I've been caught up in a whirlwind Front row is a world's big
once knew a man from a faraway town Who spent each day just watching the sun go down Then one day he said, come sit down with me And I will tell you about the world I've seen Divine. But the one thing he said that he knows to be true is there's a force that's greater than me or you. Angels fall from the highest of ground 
because over here the biggest acoustic artist is ed sheeran mm. so if you play a gig you will get a request for ed sheeran no matter where you are in the world and no matter where you're playing in the uk or europe that shadow is hanging over us the same way that like oasis was hanging over acoustic artists in the mm. 90s and the way that you know the beatles was hanging over acoustic artists from the 60s onwards and it's when you're trying to play a genre that doesn't have the respect and the platform it necessarily deserves in a country it's really hard to try and win over people but when you do it's so much more rewarding and scotland has a great scene wales like south wales does and belgium and the netherlands are an absolute treat to play all the time england as always is the most stubborn one to crack <laughs> <laughs> but everywhere else is amazing yeah yeah that is interesting to me like a lot of um my favorite artists who have like a kind of more punk a country sort of vibe like Austin Lucas or Two Cow Garage, like mm. or Arliss Nancy, uh, they seem to do very well in Germany and like Eastern Europe. And they have a much harder time uh, getting recognition here. Yeah, it's a really weird one. I don't know why Germany has such a like a love and an embrace for people because Austin Lucas is over there at the moment. Yep, I think so. It's you know he's been thriving there and i know there's a german band called flat billy deville and their singer mike scott's american and they've done really well in germany and they sometimes come to the uk so germany has this really great root scene that i i don't know where it came from but i'm so <laughs> glad it's there what do you think because these last two songs are mine um so what do you think could be done in like the uk or another uh parts of the world where like american style country music is not uh, as respected what do you think could be done to sort of raise awareness and get more people into it it's trying to appeal to people who are actually passionate about music like i work with a group called rogue country and um, they've got a facebook page instagram and stuff and they've just started a radio station or a radio show where they play you know artists like charles wesley godwin and sarah shook uh, right next to Sarah Vista and Kings and Queens and Josh Bettis and it's trying to show that the quality 
of musicians and the songwriting is there in the uk and some artists it just doesn't have that platform so what rogue country tries to do is show people that it does have that platform by putting them next to these artists like trey Bert or you know whoever and being like we do have these stories and we do have these artists you just need to give them a chance and it's actually done really well for rogue country and i'm hoping that more people will do things like that because you know the uk scene is seen as a whole but you know you have like the nashville scene next to like kentucky and you know austin and texas has its own like split scenes from red Dead to the austin scene and stuff so it's trying to show the different multitudes that are in that one country instead of just lumping it all together because if you lump it all together you know necessarily the best artists won't get the recognition and the ones who grease the most palms and you know kind of play the game the best will do well so it's just trying to provide a platform for people who have that type of songwriting ability and just keep pushing it so it's just starting local and just going diy and punk with it is the best way i think to start a scene because i know i've spoken to a few punk bands because in the northwest of england we have a great punk scene so how did that punk scene come about and how can you show like or how can you take like notes and tips from that scene and build a country scene from it and it's the same thing with you know austin how you just start at the grassroots level and just get one person at a time and a lot of it now is you just engage with people online who say you know a lot of people say country music died with johnny cash and i love those type of people because it means that i get to introduce them to the last 17 years (laughs) of music (laughs) and there's so many amazing artists out there like if someone says i haven't listened to anything since johnny cash or heavy it's like go check out sarah shook go check out these people who are writing these modern day country songs that are just gonna blow you away and it's just being a positive thing because it's you can shout people down and the second you shout someone down they just switch off and you become an enemy and you'll never win them over well it's like what do you like have you tried this and that's what I try to do a lot with not even my own music, but my friend's music. And you know the artists I love and respect. That's just how you try and push you through a positive mindset from like, if you win one person over, it's a victory <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Is it also like, I feel like we're, depending on who and where you're talking about country music in the US, it means like some very specific things culturally and... I guess mm. maybe outside of the United States, it might also mean something even just separate from what it means in the United States. Yeah, there is a... Obviously, there's like the conservative stigma of country music and that type of vibe to it. And that has translated over to the UK in a really weird, uncomfortable way where you have like club singers who perform to backing tracks and things performing in front of mm. Confederate flags which is awful and it's like why has that been linked and they just go with the heritage arguments and it's like (laughs) so what do you have anything to do with that you know quote-unquote heritage and it's just so entrenched in people that you can't necessarily win them over or get them to change and you just have to it's the same thing we were talking about before where it's this generation is waning and the new one's coming in and you just have to keep pushing that positive open-minded welcoming community in the hopes that you will bring in the silent majority who love country music know something's uncomfortable they know kind of what's wrong but they don't know 
an alternative and you offer them that alternative and people will just come in like just like just a lot of people will start coming and I'm, that's where we're at at the moment I think. yeah i mean i think we're seeing that on this side of the atlantic too that a lot of people are saying hey like we need to we can still have this we can claim this and then of course i'm seeing on my end as writing someone who's been writing about music for nine years on my own blog that there are more mm. uh pr like publicists and like record labels are being very intentional about making sure that their rosters are uh, accurately representing everybody who's in the scene and that they are representing plenty of women and plenty of people of color and queer and trans and non-binary people. So I think there's also like some intentions behind that too. Yeah. And that's why I think what you do is so important because it's showing these people that, you know, necessarily the mainstream PR, mainstream media or whatever you wouldn't represent and you can always just go DIY and start your own zine. How many amazing publications and bands have been broken through, like zines in the 80s and 70s, and those type of things are what really change the scene. Like what your work is will be looked back on as a turning point and a platform for people to have this voice because as country music and roots music changes, more voices get added to it and the more voices that get added to it the more perspectives the more songs and it becomes a more whole and you know better genre and i think that's something you do really well <laughs> showcasing things like that and that is the stepping stone of where we're going to get to a more open and welcoming country community yeah uh, i think globally um as well (laughs) and i think obviously with the advent of social media and digital technologies it means now that you know someone in you know the appalachian hills can do a live stream and someone from liverpool can watch it Mm -hmm. so then it shortens what how like the connection between people so you can just message them directly and you know you're not alone in those voices like i know as a country musician in liverpool like there's like me and no one else and if it, I'd only paid attention to the northwest of England, I would have given up this a long time ago. But I knew there had to be someone out, out there who like listened to what I did and enjoyed what I did and also did something similar. And all I did was start touring and start expanding my horizons and, you know, traveling to the Netherlands. I ended up playing a black metal bar <laughs> where I get the most gigs. I can pull like a full bar in the Netherlands, but I can't hear but I know that I can in the Netherlands. And it's just knowing that those people are out there is a really positive, optimistic thing to look forward to. And I guess it's with whatever voice you have and whatever your perspective is, you know people will be out there if you look for it. Yeah, thanks, that was so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, keep doing that work and definitely feel free to put people in touch with me so that they could also continue to have their voices featured on here. Yeah. Um, and apparently, I've been talking about this for the last few episodes because I can't really wrap my head around it, but I like made the podcast available on uh, the Indian version of Spotify, which is mm. called Ghana. And I don't know if like these numbers are real or not, or if it's like actual people or whatever weird algorithm that gets some kind of profit or whatever mm. from clicking on random things, but... At this point, with three months of it being available in India, I've had more downloads in India than I have in the United States and Europe combined. Really, that's incredible. And it shows that 
you know, not like you think somewhere's gonna hit in a certain place, and then you realize that that place may like another place has just been starved of that. And yeah. I I don't know about you, but whenever I walk into like a library, I almost get a panic attack because there's so many books that you'll never read. But one of those books may be the thing that perfectly encapsulates your perception and your viewpoint, but you'll never see it. And <laughs> with the internet, you've it shortens that opportunity, so you may be able to find it. And it's the same thing with music. There's so much out there. So someone in, you know, another place can hear like your podcast and that music and go, this is what I've been missing the entire time. And alternately, someone in America can listen to another thing and go, this is completely 100% my jam that I have needed for the last 20 years. And now you can find it through the internet. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, look at K-pop. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been sounding like that. I was I had my anime phase, so I know what J-pop sounds like. Like, it's not new. It's just been really connecting with people all of yeah. a sudden for whatever reason. <laughs> um, so, Mike, is are there any other final thoughts before I do the kind of closing out of the show and making people go to your website? No, I've just been super happy to get to do this with you, obviously, of you know i said before i've been listening to this and i've been a fan and what you were doing with the rainbow rodeo has just been like really inspiring and something really important to do so i'm just really happy to you know get to sit in with you and you know talk about music and the state of the world and hopefully how it's getting better because that's all you can really do um if you are looking for a book though this is a complete tangent sorry oh, please there's go a, ahead <laughs> there's a book by rutger bregman who's a dutch economist and journalist He's got one book out called Utopia for Realists, which is a really good read. But there's a new one called Humankind, A Hopeful History. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that book, you really need that book. It shows human history in such an optimistic way that I can't not be optimistic about the future. Obviously, with the current situation and looking out your window, it's pretty dire. But I know that this is a period of time we're going to get past and we're going to get past together. So that's really my final thought to check out that and just keep building communities and <laughs> being optimistic and hopeful. Thank you. Thanks for focusing on uh, optimism because I had a hard time with that this week. But you're right. Things have gotten a lot better and they will continue to, yeah. even if there are some blips along the way. Yeah, there's always peaks and valleys, but, you know, together we'll get the peaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you want to hear more of Mike's music and... Just stay in touch. Mike's website is mike333west.com. That's also his Twitter and Instagram, I believe, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, go say hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to say hi to me, you can find out stuff in the link tree in the show notes, blah, 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 Patreon, blah, 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 Kofi, all that good stuff. It helps me continue to make this podcast so I can help uh, artists like Mike uh, get their music out there. Um, so this last set is not going to sound like any of the other music <laughs> that uh, we featured on here at all. So that's kind of why I stuck them in at the end. But I just kind of like come across stuff and then plug it into the podcast, whether or not it all sounds similar. I think it all belongs to the same family. So we're going to start with Sunny Falls, who's like an indie rock singer-songwriter out of Chicago. And he's in the process of releasing a triple album. But each album is like six songs, so it's basically like a triple EP. Uh, but yeah, this kind of travels a lot of places. I think it's an interesting exercise in songwriting because what else has anyone else been up to in the last eight months? 
So we're going to start it out with filling in the blanks. Patreon subscribers will also get to listen to Roses Rotting in Your Glass, and that's from All That Has Come Apart, Once Did Not Exist. And then we're going to get like really experimental with Lonnie Holly at the end. I found out about him through the guitarist and singer Christopher Paul Stelling. This is from his newest album, National Freedom, and Lonnie is a self-taught uh, found object artist and I think guitarist, and this song is really powerful. It's called Like Hell Broke Away. That's it for us in music we trust and music we believe. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, Mike. No, thanks so much for having me.
slipping away. Slipping away.